Hello, beloved, and welcome to this year's uh, first Bible study. This is 2024, our first Bible study for the year, and it's such a privilege to come to you uh, and uh, to bring, how can I say, a continuation of what we've be, been busy with, with for quite some time now, looking at the Holy Spirit and what the Bible teaches about the Holy Spirit. And specifically, we are busy with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And this is the basically the third part with regards to the, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, we've basically seen so far that when a person comes to Christ, becomes a Christian, comes to faith in Jesus Christ, uh, by, saved by grace through faith in Christ alone, then God the Holy Spirit, who regenerates that person from the inside, basically dwells within that believer when that believer becomes a new Christian. And we know that it is God's plan that believers should glorify Him, that we should worship Him, that we should serve Him. All right? And that new believers, old believers, doesn't matter who it is, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, that we should glorify and worship and serve the Almighty God. And one of the ways that we can... Uh, glorify Him and worship Him and serve Him is by being, let's say, open uh, to be used by God to minister to others through the gifts of the Holy Spirit. There, there are people that are, are saved and they not really edifying others uh, by using the gift that God has given them. It's as if they are afraid to use what God has given them instead of being open to be used by God and then to take that gift that the Holy Spirit has given them. And it's the Holy Spirit that enables them to use it anyway uh, and to take it then and to use it for the edification of the body of Christ. I don't know why people are afraid. I, I, I do have a little bit of an understanding in the sense of people are afraid, but beloved fear is not what we have received. We have not received the spirit of fear. Uh, God has given us the ability through His Holy Spirit. That's why we have the Holy Spirit. That we can, how can I say, we, we can depend upon the Holy Spirit, rely upon the Holy Spirit, and then just go and minister to God's people. And we will be surprised how the Holy Spirit uses us. Beloved, when I went into ministry, I or before I went into ministry, when God called me for minister, uh, to, to ministry, uh, I was so afraid because I couldn't read the Bible. I, I couldn't read. I'm, I'm a very, very bad reader. I had massive problems reading. And that was right through my time in school. And even after school, even when I went to university, I'm a slow, slow reader. And all of a sudden I realized, but I have to read in front of people. you know. And I was so afraid. I was so concerned. Uh, and I read what God said to Moses, you know, when Moses said, I can't speak. And he said, no, I'll give you someone. And he gave Moses Aaron to speak on his behalf, basically. But with me, what happened was when God called me and he called me into ministry and he said, I must go and teach his people and I must feed his people, basically. Beloved, God has given me the ability. I'm not the best of readers and I still struggle, but it's amazing how God has helped me. Why? Because he's given me the gift of teaching to teach his people, which means he will also enable me to read when I need to read. Whether it is, you know, with little bumps in the road or whatever, struggling to read fluently or whatever, um, 
it, it is just one of those things that God has enabled me through the years to be able to to read because he has called me and and I'm more than willing to be used by God to minister his word to feed his his um his flock to feed his sheep and uh, he enables me to do that and I believe it's a gift from God it's not something that I have I've always been afraid you know so um we need to be open to be used by God and beloved let me tell you there is no greater blessing uh, in the body of Christ when we are part of the church when we use the gift that God has given us when when we are open and willing to be used by the Holy Spirit and then the Holy Spirit works through us and we are ministering whatever that gift might be that that God has has is, is working through us and and we are ministering to God's people and we see how his people are edified there is no greater blessing than that we are truly blessed the moment we see that God's people are blessed through the ministry that we are bringing to them and we know it's not of ourselves it's not for us to boast about it's not for us to walk around and say oh you know what just look at me i'm i'm such uh, such a great person just look how the god is using me that's got nothing to do with it that's not what it's about but beloved if we humbly are used by god at the end of the day it is absolutely amazing it's such a blessing to to experience how god uses us Now before I preach any longer let me uh, let us pray first. Heavenly Father it's such a privilege to come to you. And Father such a privilege to look at the gifts of the spirit. Those gifts that uh, the Holy Spirit wants to use uh, through us. And I pray Father as we look at these these gifts I pray that you will help us to understand them and enable us to to use the gifts Uh, as you work it through us uh, in the person of third person of the trinity through the holy spirit and edify your people i pray and even as i endeavor to teach your people about the gifts of the spirit i pray that you will use me and that the the gift of teaching will be um, how can i gonna say there for the edification of your people use me as an instrument i pray in jesus name Amen. Okay, now what we find in scripture and it's actually not just in the New Testament it's also in the Old Testament. For example, in the Old Testament if you remember that there was a we call it the gift of craftsmanship. And that was given to um people who were working on the tabernacle. God gave them a special like a special ability, a specific special ability to be able to be excellent craftsmen um to be able to to do the you know all the the work that had to be done on the tabernacle and the gift of craftsmanship is a is a gift that God gives to people for a specific purpose and it's always it's not going to be so that you can make nice furniture so that you can show the off the furniture to everybody and people can say wow but you're a good uh, craftsman that's got nothing to do with it remember when we receive a gift it is always for the glory of god always for the edification of his people and the gift of craftsmanship that was given so that the tabernacle could could be built and it could be built with excellence was given at the end of the day firstly so that god 
could be present within uh, um, with his people, you know, in the most holy place of the tabernacle. God's presence was there. His Shekinah glory was in the most holy place. That's the first one. And then not only that, but also people that would look at the tabernacle. And when they look at the tabernacle, what was done was done so beautifully, so exceptionally that people would look at the, the tabernacle and I think they would have most probably said, and this is not biblical, but uh, they most, most probably would have looked at the tabernacle and say, what a building, or what a, what a tent at, at those, that stage. Uh, remember when the uh, disciples, when they walked with Jesus and uh, with the, the temple, uh, when the, the temple was built and um, they said, when they turned around, they said, look at these magnificent buildings, these buildings, because the temple was something something extraordinary it it was a building that stood out in jerusalem and uh, the j- disciples pointed jesus to that remember that's when jesus said okay not one stone will be left upon another it will be broken down and that's when he prophesied the destruction of the temple but still the temple was built with the gift of craftsmanship all right so we find in the old testament we find the gifts of the Spirit, and obviously in the New Testament, uh, even more so. We find different gifts uh, in, in, the, in the New Testament. Now, what I would like to do for a moment is just to, to remind you, because I believe this is very important. I've had some discussions with people who disagree with me with regards to the gifts of the Spirit. Uh, we have what is called people that says that uh, the gifts have stopped, you know, all the extraordinary gifts have stopped. And then you have people that says, no, it, it didn't stop. And one of the differences, for example, between us and Grace Family Church that uses the whole is that Grace Family Church is what is called a charismatic reformed church, which means they believe that the gifts of the Spirit continued. It's like John Piper, for example. He also believes that the, the gifts of the Spirit has continued, the extraordinary gifts, no? The revelationary gifts uh, has, has continued, like prophecy and um, prophecy in the in the original sense, not prophecy in the sense of just speaking forth what has already been said. I believe that has, is continuing even to this day. Every Sunday when I preach from the pulpit, I am prophesying. I am speaking forth what God has said. Um, but when it comes to, for example, the gift of tongues. Um, and the gift of miracles, those kind of gifts, the gift of healing, that they say that those gifts are still continuing up to today. Now, then there are those that says, no, no, when we received the Bible in its fullness, when we received the Canaan of the Bible, there was no longer a need. And when the foundation of the church was laid by the apostles, there was no longer a need for these extraordinary gifts because now people could take the Bible and they could read it, and they could hear the gospel, and they could come to salvation through the preaching of the gospel. And everything that we need um, to be able to, to live a godly life, to live the kind of life that is pleasing to God, is in the scriptures. And if somebody is to come to faith in Jesus Christ, that person would come to faith in Jesus Christ through the preaching of the gospel, the preaching of the truth of the gospel, no? the, the, the good news of the gospel, and not through the miraculous gifts, you know, like miracles and the gifts of healing that people had and the speaking of tongues and those kind of things. It's no longer necessary because we have the revelation of God. 
We cannot add anything to the Bible. We cannot add anything to the scriptures. In fact, the book of Revelation says if anyone adds to the, to, to the scripture, no? to the Bible, uh, that which is written already, that which is, has been revealed already, says if somebody adds, then the plagues will be added, which are written in the book. Right, That will be added to that person's life. If anybody takes away from the book, then that person's name will be taken out of the book of life. So there's a clear warning, even in the Old Testament, there's clear warning that we should not add to the Scripture and we should not take away from the Scripture. But, beloved, while the foundation was still being laid, while the, let's say, the, the, the canon of Scripture was still being compiled, while the, the Bible was still put into, into place uh, as such, we can say to one another that at that stage, it was necessary in the apostolic age. It was necessary for the miraculous gifts, the, you know, these revelationary gifts to, to function. Uh, and the reason for that was the foundation was still being laid. But once the foundation was laid, we're going to look at it a little bit later, but once the foundation was laid, there was no more need for those gifts. Uh, am I saying that we, we shouldn't pray for anybody to be healed, for example? No, obviously not. That's not what I'm saying. I'm not saying that God cannot heal people. That's not what I'm saying. Uh, because remember that the gifts of the Spirit is something that the Holy Spirit gives the person that specific gift. It's like the Apostle Paul, like the Apostle Peter, like the other, other apostles. They could go around and they would see somebody and then they would go and pray for that person or they would speak to that person and then that person would be healed. Okay, And the reason why they could do that is because they had the gift of healing. They had the gift of miracles. They could do miracles as, um, I can't, I'm not going to say as and how they wanted to, but they could do miracles. And the reason why they could do miracles is because they had the gift of miracles. They were laying foundation. Uh, they could say and speak out and say, thus saith the Lord and bring forth new revelation uh, because the Bible was not compiled yet. The Bible was not completed yet at that specific stage because they were the ones who were basically laying the foundation of the church, laying the foundation of of biblical Christianity. All right, but once that was done, once the apostolic age was done, there was no more need for that because we have God's final revelation. And his final revelation is found in the Bible. Okay? Uh, let, let me let me take you to, um, to a very important passage of Scripture, I believe that we need to, to really, really take, take heed of. Because, I mean, we, we can so easily forget. And, and that is, uh, yeah, let, me, let me start off by saying, using Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 19 to 22. I preached about this already when, we preached, uh, when I preached through the book of, Revel uh, of, of Ephesians. I'm still busy. Um, but when we did chapter 2, verse 19 to 22... I, I preached on it, but let me read it to you quickly. It says, Now therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. Speaking about the Gentiles. Now, the Gentiles are no longer strangers. They're no longer foreigners. Uh, they are now fellow citizens with the saints because they are now part of the body of Christ. Now They are now part of the kingdom of God. They are now part of Israel. They are the how can I say, this wild olive branch that has been planted into the tame olive tree. Okay, so uh, 
Gentiles uh, that used to be unbelievers before, that used to be um, heathens before, they are now, through faith in Jesus Christ, they're no longer strangers and foreigners, but they are now fellow citizens with the saints. We become part of Israel, all right, as Gentiles. I'm a Gentile. And as a Gentile, I'm part of Israel. Now I'm part of Israel, and this is spiritually speaking. Uh, when I was born again, I was born into the kingdom of God. And because I'm born into the kingdom of God, I'm part of Israel. All right, I'm part of the spiritual children of Abraham. Okay, so I'm a fellow citizen. And the Gentiles are fellow citizens with the saints and members of the household of God. So we become part of the household of God. We are now children of God. And then verse 20 says, Having been built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, and Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone. So when Jesus Christ came, he was the chief cornerstone. And then the, the apostles were, and the prophets were basically the ones who laid the foundation with their revelations that they had, yeah? with the gifts that they received, with the miracles that they did, with the healings they did, and all the things that they did in the name of Jesus Christ. They laid a foundation that cannot be laid again. We cannot lie another foundation that has already been laid. There's one foundation. You only put one foundation down. So that foundation has been built. And now, what happens now? We are being built on that foundation, on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, with Jesus Christ obviously being the chief cornerstone. Nobody can replace the cornerstone because the cornerstone is Jesus. All right, and then he says in verse 21, in whom the whole building, being fitted together, grows into a holy temple, um, a holy temple, sorry, I'm just going down, in the Lord, in whom you also are being built together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit, because we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit now. So the Holy Spirit comes and dwells us, we be, our bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit, and we have this amazing, um, how can I say, privilege to be children of God. And because we are children of God, we are built on this foundation. This foundation cannot be replaced, cannot be rebuilt, because it's a perfect foundation that was built with Jesus Christ being the chief cornerstone. All right, so that's one of the things I believe is very important for us to, to remember. Then another one that I want us to just quickly look at is, um, is what is it? First, uh, Second Timothy. I'm just looking to see if I've got it here. Uh, sorry, I'm, I'm scrolling up and down with, with my mouse because I've actually changed my Bible study a little. All right. All right, I'm, I'm going to share that with you. But you know, this, all of Scripture is inspired by God and it's profitable and it's... It, it, the, the, any believer can be complete... Thoroughly equipped for every good work because of Scripture. The Bible has become the, the instrument through which God um, sanctifies. The Holy Spirit uses the Bible, uses Scripture to sanctify His people. He uses the Scripture to make His people grow spiritually. He uses Scripture, the written word, to, um, that, that has the gospel. And when we preach that gospel... God uses it to draw people to himself and to save them. We have the scriptures. And so what, what happens now is that we have the scriptures. That is the final revelation of God. We don't need more revelation than that. And 
while the apostles and the prophets were still laying the foundation of the church and laying the foundation of God's word, bringing new revelation, the gifts, those specific gifts, those extraordinary gifts were needed. But we believe, I believe, that um, when scripture came, then it was no longer needed. We really don't need it anymore. So what we're going to do is I'm going to take uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 13 and just work through it. Not now, because I think our time has already run out. But I would like to take 1 Corinthians 13 and, and just kind of give you an idea of what I'm saying with regards to why I believe that this extraordinary gifts ceased. It doesn't mean that all gifts have ceased. And it doesn't mean that God cannot do miracles anymore, that God cannot heal people anymore, that God cannot give at times in, in certain circumstances uh, somebody the gift of tongues, you know, so that that person can go out and preach the gospel. Uh, I'm not saying that. All right. But the gift itself where it is given to the person and that person can then go out and use that gift, um, that no longer exists. But we can pray and ask God, and God can do things. In, in certain situations, God can give a person a specific gifting and ability to do certain things uh, for the edification of the church or the expansion of the kingdom or whatever the purpose might be that God wants to use it for. Okay. And so you can say, but ah, I just want to burst the bubble. Because people would love to have the gift of healing and then just pray for people and people would be healed. My, my beloved, uh, the question is, have you seen anybody? And, and I want to be honest with this. I want you to be, think honestly about this. Have you seen anyone with the gift of healing going into a hospital and praying for people and everybody in the hospital walked out healed? Have you seen that? Have you ever seen that in, in modern day? Christianity but it says in scripture when Jesus um, when he laid hands on people and he healed them he healed everyone obviously he was selective in, in who he healed at, at certain times because it was for the glory of God and even the apostles when they prayed for people people were healed in an instant beloved that doesn't happen anymore it, it, now what what is being added is to say uh, if you want to be healed, you must have faith. You must believe. And if you believe, then you will be saved. I That's fine. I don't have a problem with the fact that we need to believe that God can heal and then God will heal if we pray and ask him to heal. But that's not the gift of healing. The gift of healing has got nothing to do with the person's faith. It's got to do with the Holy Spirit using a person to pray for somebody else and that person is then healed. You, you, do you realize? You see the, the, the difference I believe that the, the gift of healing is something that the Holy Spirit um, works through someone, like, for example, the apostles. Uh, and we see it in, uh, in the New Testament, that God works through the apostles. And then as God, the Holy Spirit worked through the apostles, they would heal somebody. I mean, they would just say, stand up in the name of Jesus Christ. And that person would rise up right there and then. Okay. This is not happening in the day and age that we are living in. Does God still heal? Of course. Of course. We pray for people, and as we pray for them, God in His mercy, and if it be, it be His will, God will raise that person from the, how can I say, from 
their sick bed and uh, give them healing. That's a fact. And I mean, I've prayed for people in the past and, and God healed them. Uh, and God get all the glory for that, not me. But it's God who heals sovereignly according to his will. But it's not the same as the gift that is given to certain people and they can go around and have healing crusades and healing ministries and whatever and then pray and people are healed. That's not happening. I mean, in, in how many cases in these massive healing crusades, and I mean, the testimonies are walking around, beloved. Johnny Erickson Tata is one of them. Uh, she's a paraplegic. She hasn't raised, been raised from, those, from the wheelchair and it's been more than 50 years. Um, there are other examples of people that's been to healing crusades. Uh, a good friend of ours, many years ago, she went to healing crusades to to be prayed for. She had cancer, and she died before. Uh, I can't remember if it was before she was forty or just after she uh, turned forty. Uh, she died of cancer. She wasn't healed, beloved. But in fact, she is healed. She's perfectly healed because when she died, she went to be with the Lord forever and ever. There's no more cancer, no more crying. No more pain, no more sickness. She's perfectly healed because she's in the presence of her Lord. Okay, but in none of the crusades that she went to, and she went to the big ones in South Africa, she wasn't healed. Okay, so I, I am convinced that these specific gifts, in the sense of specific gifts that was given for a specific purpose, we'll look at that even, even more uh, next time, but those gifts uh, no longer exist in the way that it used to in the apostolic age. But God can still do whatever he wills and he can turn nature upside side down if it be his will. God can do whatever he wants. God can do miracles if he wants to because he is God. And we can trust him. All right. We should have faith in him. We should f have faith that he can do whatever he wants to do. Uh, and we need to find His will and then pray according to His will. And then uh, when we pray according to His will, we pray by faith. Okay, but I'm not going to continue now, otherwise I'm gonna, never going to stop. Uh, let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Father, thank You so much that we can study Your Word and study what Your Word has to say about different subjects, and especially this one about the gifts. So much controversy with regards to it. And I pray that as I try to explain it and teach Your people, I pray that we will understand where it comes from and we make up our own minds at the end of the day, Father. And I pray that you will lead us and guide us through your spirit so that at the end of the day we can truly make up our minds um, so that at the end of the day you may be glorified in what we believe. Uh, we pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Beloved, thank you very much for listening. May the Lord bless you and may he keep you. May his face shine upon you and may he give you his peace. God willing, until next time, bye-bye.